0: Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey, I'm your host, and I'm so excited by your decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into at least one of four different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have folks who help others build their businesses. These are our designers, our strategists, our assistants, our managers, and we have our do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the marketing levers as you grow your businesses. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Make sure to subscribe because we update weekly. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators like you. Now, for today, we're going to be talking about how to market to millionaires, how to market to the affluent buyer. And to help us get a grasp on this concept, we have none other than Kelly O'Neill. Kelly is a master strategist on how to create remarkable results and position yourself and your business in the marketplace to create more profitability and brand awareness. She's the CEO of a strategic coaching, training, and branding firm with over 20 years' experience working with Fortune 500 companies, startups, small businesses, and celebrities. Kelly teaches courses and consults with clients all over the world, or should I say, consults with clients all over the world, and is passionate about helping conscious entrepreneurs tap into their brilliance and change the world. Kelly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: Thank you for joining us, and particularly this topic, how to market to the affluent buyer, how to market to millionaires. I know this is something that a lot of our listeners are very excited about, because one of the biggest challenges that I hear from our business creators is how to reach clients who have and are prepared to spend money. Because we can be in it for whatever we say we're going to be in it for, but if we're not making money in our businesses, if we're not experiencing revenue and profitability, then we're not going to have that business for very long. And part of what I'm looking forward to you revealing to us today is how to get through to the affluent buyer, how to reach the millionaire so that we can start to attract more of those types of clients. But before we do that, before we do that, for those of our listeners – who haven't had a chance to really get to know you yet, let's just take a quick step back and give them a chance to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today.
1: Sure. So thanks again so much for having me here today. So my passion really is always been in working with people who really want to have an impact and leave the world a better place. And I've worked in Fortune 500 companies. I've worked with technology startups. Um, and now I primarily work with entrepreneurs and small business owners who right. so again are, are doing some kind of business where it 's not just about the money right there there 's more to life than than making millions of dollars right. Part of what they're, they're after is really being in a, a business that's meaningful. And then part of what they're also after is really having a, a business that allows them the freedom to have the lifestyle that they desire. I actually call that living um, a, a luxe life and having yeah. a luxe business. So. You know how I kind of got started in this was I was actually raised in a very wealthy um, environment growing up. Now, before you pull out your violin and play the smallest, you know, <laughs> play the smallest violin in the world for me, yes. let me just also say that um, just because I grew up in that environment, um, you know, I definitely did not have a silver spoon in my mouth. My my parents were very adamant about teaching us a strong work ethic and really teaching us how to contribute to society in a meaningful way. So, you know, I started my first babysitting job when I was 13 and never stopped working since then. Um, But what that did was it really gave me, you know, it gave me the best of both worlds. It gave me the ability to really see how uh, millionaires and affluent people, how they think and how they buy and how they kind of roll through the world. I had a lot of opportunity to watch how they do business and, and really how their mindset helps them to create and sustain wealth, and it was, it was just a really invaluable learning experience for me to be able to, to see that firsthand so that I can then now you know, teach my clients exactly what that's like. So, in 2001... I was sitting at a corporate, in a corporate job um, and doing very well, um, and I saw a consultant's bill come in, and her bill for about a 90-day stretch was larger than my entire salary for the year. And every time I talked to this consultant, she was kind of telling me, you know, oh well, I'm you know I'm I'm off to to Europe for a month, and you know I'm I'm you know I'm I'm off you know on this luxury vacation. I'm going to the spa for the day during the week, and I was like, yeah, I want more of that. So I started right. my my own. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yes, please. I'll have some of that, and because um, I was working, I was you know working my fingers to the to the bone in a technology company, you know, twelve to fourteen hours a day. And that's when I—that's when the entrepreneurial bug bit me, and so I left corporate America, and I started uh, consulting and coaching and teaching people how to really utilize branding and marketing strategies um, that I had learned in corporate America as well as in you know just you know in my in my upbringing to attract the kind of clients that they want into their business.
0: Yeah, I think that when you were telling me that story just now, uh, we were sharing with our listeners. Here's something that struck me. I grew up in a middle-class family myself, and I believed everything they taught me. You know, study hard in school, get good grades, go to college, and all that. And I followed all those steps. So here we are. We're in the mid-1990s. I'm um, in my undergraduate program at Penn State University um, in a political science curriculum because I had in mind the time that I was going to go into the practice of law. So I have all my political science term papers due, and I'm supposed to be doing all this required reading and all this other stuff. So what am I doing? I'm down in the computer lab, and I know I'm dating myself because I'm talking about standing in line and going into a computer lab. Whereas, <laughs> you know, today, I mean, I mean, where I'm sitting right now doing this interview, I have one computer in front of me where I do like heavy video editing, I have the other computer in front of me where I do my copywriting and I make and receive video calls, and I'm holding my smartphone, which is, um, it's in my hand right now, and the smartphone itself is more powerful than the computer I was waiting in line for back in 1996, oh, so yep. I just shows <laughs> how far we've come. And, <laughs> and uh, I had all this stuff going on for me, and what I was really excited about was putting a mad system in my Camaro. I spent all this time online looking up parts about stuff about competition auto sound, about the subwoofers, about dual battery isolators and the gauges of wire and amps and equalizers and all this other stuff that anybody who has familiarity with knows what I'm talking about and everybody else doesn't. And back in the 1990s there were a few stores online where I could buy this stuff online and the the thing started to fire in my head. I'm thinking, boy, you know, if I could find a way to sell car stereo products online, I could have a lot extra spending money for the bar on Thursday night. So those those neurons started to fire, uh, and I started to make some moves in those directions. But I got the pushback of, well, what are you going to be doing chasing one of those get-rich get-rich-quick schemes. Haven't you thought about investing and all these other things, which you're supposed to think about when you're about 39 years old and you're looking back wondering when you're going to retire? Now, um, now, uh, what brought this back in what you said is kind of when you told the story about the consultant. You're there. You're doing a great job. You're having an awesome time. Corporate America, corporate warrior, rah, rah, rah. And then the consultant comes and breezes in. You're thinking, what? They pay her to be here nine weeks more than I'm paid to be here for a year. What's up with that? Yep. So kind of got the neurons firing, and that's kind of why we have you here today because I think we can help some business creators realize how to get paid more in a few months what they've been making in a year up until now by learning how to expand their client portfolio and get some millionaire clients involved, get some affluent clients involved. But
1: exactly. Before we exactly. dive in, Look.
0: just. Go ahead, Galway. Yeah, Go and, ahead. and
1: here, let me, just, let me just say this, too, real quick, that I've been in business now long enough. I've, I've had my company for 14 years, and I promise you, I have learned from the uh, school of hard knocks. Yeah. I have made millions and millions and millions of dollars of mistakes, right. and I have figured out how to hit the easy button, and I have to tell you, it is much more fun to constantly hit the easy button in your business, and so we're going to be talking about what that looks like today.
0: Oh, thank God. All right. So that's great. Now, before we dive into that, and I I know there's some things you're going to reveal here, there's a question I ask every single one of our guests, because here's the situation. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners come to me, and they say, Adam, you know, we have everything we need to implement anything that any guest expert tells us to do except for time and money. Now, this is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show, not only because of the variety of different answers we get to the question, but also the variety of ways our experts interpret the question. We learn so much this way. Even the experts who say, oh, I don't know how to answer that, end up giving up brilliant answers. So how do factors of time and money apply to this concept of marketing to millionaires you're about to share with us?
1: So how how does the concept of, of they don't have enough time and they don't have enough money?
0: They say we have everything we need except time and money
1: got it so so you know everyone has the exact same amount of time it does ha it, it time is a choice, so people always have time for what they deem to be a high priority, right they've got time to go get Starbucks in the morning, yep. they've got time, I'm sure to sit around watching their favorite t v show at night, yeah so. Everyone has the same 24 hours as everyone else, and it's all about how you choose to use it. So today, I think that I'll give you guys some answers and some perspective on how you might want to choose to shift, your, shift how you're choosing to spend your time to something that's going to be much more, much more fruitful. And the other thing is you know, around, around money. It, here's, again, here's what I say about this. A lot of people utilize money as, you know, as an excuse, and I'm just going to call it out like it is because
0: sure.
1: the truth is, you know, I, I, I love the example that people give that if you really want it, you always end up finding it. So yes. if, God forbid, someone kidnapped your children and said you need to go find $10,000 tomorrow, otherwise it's, you know, say goodbye, I promise you that every single person on this call would be able to go find the, those funds. So it really is a matter of perspective. It's like, you know, if, if you if you really are committed to having what it is that you want, you'll find a way. Otherwise, you'll always find an excuse.
0: Isn't that just the truth? Is that it not just, just is the, the truth? truth? And 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 I've always said that necessity is the mother of innovation, it's the mother yep. of inspiration. So to me, the shortcut has always been to find a way to Make it necessary. Now, there are many different ways we can do that, and you're going to share some great things as well. But what I tell people to do sometimes, if you find yourself stuck in an income rut, and when I find myself stuck every now and then, go window shopping. Go see all these things you don't have and decide which ones you want and find out how much they cost and make a decision that you need to put this much more income in your life and you can start experiencing it. Whether or not you go back and buy that thing or not doesn't matter. It will push you to get the money.
1: Everything starts with a committed decision. And when you've decided that you are going to change the way you're living or you're going to change the way that you're operating your business and that you're going to change the results that you have in your life, then it will all line up to be so for you. I've seen it time and time and time and time again.
0: Well, let's get people heading down that road. Kelly, all what, right, let's. What, is one of the, what are some of the biggest problems you see people run into? When they start to make this shift into marketing to millionaires,
1: um, when they start to make the shift, yes, you know, I think that a lot of people they their mindset tends to tends to get them because their mind starts to tell them all of this BS stuff that's just not true. Things like, um, well, I can't market to millionaires because I'm not a millionaire, and they're not going to take me seriously or I have no idea how to be able to find them, or, it's um, another one of my favorites, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if my stuff is valuable enough for them, you know, why would they buy from little old me, you know, there's all these mm-hmm. stories that people start to tell themselves and they can really end road themselves before they even get started. Here's the truth. The truth is is that, that high-end or affluent clients love to work with competent, awesome, confident people who are really clear that they can help them get the results that they desire. They're not checking anyone's bank statements before they do that, unless of course they're going after someone who maybe is like a financial advisor. I mean you know pretty clearly, if I'm going after a financial advisor to advise me on how to make money, then I want someone who is um you know i i want to be working with someone who knows knows how to do that yeah. um, but aside from that, you know that's all stuff that we make up in our in our mind. When when the truth is, they are just looking for, for people to solve their problems just like anyone else. They might just have different problems.
0: I'd like to tell a very quick story for our listeners, and I promise this will be quick because Kelly still has so much to share with us. And this will try, kind of draw the distinction between what you may have seen up until now versus what Kelly's going to reveal to us because I really want people on board with this. If you are marketing to people who – are not millionaires and let's just say people who aren't affluent or people who do not have the affluent business creator mindset that we teach here at the business creators radio show you get into conversations like oh you said that's going to cost twenty three hundred dollars well i thought it was twenty two hundred so how are you so much more expensive than this other person it's going to cost me twenty one seventy five and you get into these kind of conversations then your projects run over and you have to answer twenty five different questions now compare this to one of my earliest affluent customers of my own and when I discovered the joys of having affluent customers. This was something where they, we worked with them on a project by project basis. When they needed us, they called. And, you know, you have clients like that and they're great. And so he came to me and he said he needed this, you know, he needed some writing done, he needed some video stuff done, what have you, for one of his local marketing campaigns. And so I sent him some, I sent him some stuff and I had a couple questions about things. And he wrote back a day later and he said, Please tell me we're not sitting here waiting for me to okay a quote. I don't have time for this shit. Charge my card. I know it's going to be reasonable, and get it done. Now, some people people might say, whoa, what a jerk. But I read between the lines, and I wrote back, and I said, thank you so much for the fact that we have such an awesome relationship that we have this level of trust. I have processed this amount on your American Express, and it will be done by X and he wrote back a minute later and he said I knew you'd get it with a smiley face I didn't have to talk about money with him all he wanted was the work done he was willing to yep. pay any reasonable price
1: exactly it's a huge mindset shift yeah because remember and and this is like the biggest thing that I would I would share with people and this is the biggest um, mistake that I actually see small business owners making when they're marketing the high-end clients is most people, if you look at the way that we're all taught to market, and, we're, and when we're taught to market to the masses, the number one thing that we're always addressing with the mass market is price and right. overcoming price resistance. That is not the same message that you're going to use with with high-end buyers. Price isn't the issue. I mean, obviously, you know, they want to pay a reasonable fee, right? I mean, they don't want right. – they're not – you know, they didn't get – They didn't get wealthy by making dumb business decisions, but they're absolutely willing to pay something, you know, pay a reasonable fee, and that's not their issue. Their issue is time.
0: Right. Their issue
1: is time. They're buying time.
0: Right, and that was the point that he made very clearly in that very abrupt email of his. He said, I have a lot more money than time. That's one of the things that really jumped out, and I realized – this is a different mindset than I'm used to. And he didn't even want to discuss the price. He said, anything reasonable is fine. Okay, well, I came up with a reasonable number and I charged it. and he never questioned it.
1: Nope,
0: never that's questioned very it.
1: standard of yeah. higher end buyers.
0: Exactly, so let's keep moving in that direction. What are some of the things that entrepreneurs need to know about marketing to affluent people? That's one, tell us more.
1: Yeah, so, so definitely the time thing is the most, most important. The second thing is they want to be clear that you understand what their concern is or what their pain is and that you are the one to solve it. And as long as they are confident that you are the one to solve their challenge, then you're as good as gold. Right? So if if someone, you know, calls up and you know, to use your example, let's say so let's just say someone called up and they wanted to buy copywriting services. And their biggest challenge is that they don't have the time to sit there and write all of this copy that's gonna be funny and engaging and really hit their core audience in a way that is going to convert, but mostly they just don't have the time to write it. You know, if you're the copywriter, you know, your message to them is going to be like, look, here's the deal. I get it. You're not a copywriter. You do whatever you do for a living. So what I do is I write copy, and I'm going to be writing copy for you that is engaging. I'm going to write copy for you that knows how to reach your audience. I'm going to ensure that it is written with your voice and that we address all of the pain points, and I'm going to get all of this done for you two weeks in advance of your launch so that you're not sweating trying to get it done. Right. If you can come off like that, it's like, oh, thank goodness. It's like they want less to worry about. There's so many, you know, oftentimes there's so many plates spinning in the air that they want to just know that you've got it handled, right? And yeah. that you're not going to be another one of these people that they have to babysit, and they want to know you just got it handled. So right. the more that you can communicate it to them, like, I got this. Don't worry about it. Right. The better right. off you're going to be.
0: And that, and that was the lesson I learned that day with that client. And when I first saw his email, and a lot of people might have looked at that and said, wow, what a jerk, and how dare him speak to me like that. But then I read it again, and I saw, oh, he basically just gave me a license to charge him without asking me how much.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. cool.
0: So now they've placed a higher level of trust in you, respect that trust, make them glad they placed that trust in you, and wow, the doors will open.
1: Yep, absolutely. I'll take it. it. (laughs) Absolutely. And then, again, you're going, as you're developing your products and services and and programs for them, and again, this kind of goes back to the time thing, but I'm going to address it in a little bit of a different way now, which is making sure that you create programs, products, and services that do not require a lot of their time. So. It's, it's similar, you know, I own a branding agency, and I, and I do branding for, for thought leaders, and when I'm working with my higher-end clients that usually have multiple brands, it's never the money question that comes up. That, I mean, it, ultimately, that does come up, but it's not the first question. The first question is, how much of my time do you need for this? Right. How much much of my life am I going to have to turn over to this project? Because that's going to be the deciding factor. So I immediately approach that higher-end conversation with things like, look, this is a done-for-you service. We are going to do all of this for you. There are five areas that I'm going to need your attention on, and four of them can be delegated to someone else. Number one, I need you to approve everything. You've right. got to have your seal of approval on it. You cannot delegate that. Number two, copywriting. Guess what? I've got great copywriters we can refer to. Video production. Guess what? I've got great great video people we can we can turn to. You right. know, so that's the kind of conversation I'm having with them. Of, let me make this as easy as possible. You know, I'll often talk about how look, I can work with your assistant to ensure that, you know, little things are getting handled and that everything is coming to you in a succinct way for your approval so that we're, you know, really minimizing the amount of your time that we need. That's the message. And they're like, okay, great.
0: I like that version of how to do business. So what are some of the biggest changes in mindset that people have to make once they decided they want to work with affluent clients because you and I both know there's a big inner game thing here going on so let's share that with some of our listeners
1: sure so so one of the biggest things is that you know you really have to be confident in yourself and your your programs products or services that is that is the biggest thing you need to remember that you are the expert at what it is that you do, and they are hiring you for your expertise. Right. So it, it's, you know, you've got to get out of your head about what their bank account looks like or being intimidated by them or whatever it is, because I promise you, high-end buyers are people too. And we all put on our pants one leg at a time just like everybody else, and we all have stuff just like everybody else. So, that's the biggest thing, which is they are just people, too, and you need to be confident in your expertise. That is why they are why they are talking to you. You need to know your value. That's another big one. You know, sometimes what I find, especially with entrepreneurs who are used to marketing to the masses, is they're always, like, trying to lower their fee or not charge with their worth. And again that has to that has to do with you seeing yourself as this expert and really charging the value of your of your services because you know I cannot tell you how many times I have seen this actually shoot someone in the foot where they didn't charge enough, and the high end buyer said, "Oh well, they must not be very good
0: oh uh, yeah, you're reading a page from my diary, and I think a lot of other people are going to be on the same page with us on that because I think everybody on their way to being in, uh, somebody who works with affluent buyers has fallen to that trap more than once.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, charge, what, charge the, based on value. What value are you going to bring to people? And be really clear in the value that, that you offer. I mean, that is, that is really, really, really important. Be really clear in the value that you offer.
0: Let me, let me give you an example of this, and I, I know what you're talking about here. I, um, had a client of mine who was a web designer, and I was doing some coaching with them, and they, uh, had a client come to them once, and they were, you know, sort of, uh, you know, they asked me, I said, well, my client needs my help, uh, uh, they need me to move their WordPress website and change the domain. It's gonna be the same site, but they need to change the domain, and, uh, and, uh, I know this is gonna take me like five minutes, but I see people charging two or three hundred dollars for that, and I say, well, you're going to charge two or three hundred dollars. They said, but it's only going to take me five minutes because I know the secret. And I said, yeah, they're paying for you to move their website and only have it take a few minutes. They're paying so they don't have to go on Elance or Fiverr or the discussion groups trying to find somebody. They're paying you so they don't have to figure it out. They're paying so that they know that that domain can get changed quickly. You're selling the value of they don't have to worry about it. That's where Right, it's and, public, and, and they're paying under- because
1: the they want it done right the first time. Yeah, They don't want to mess around with it. I have often, um, as well as I know my clients have as well, we will often um, hire, you know, because you can always hire people overseas and then it's, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice of whether it's going to get done right or not.
0: I know what you're talking uh, about.
1: Yeah, and and, but, and I've often hired people stateside because I'm more confident that it's just going to get done right. And the, the way that the high-end buyer's mind works is it is more costly if I have to go back and have it redone and redone and redone and redone Right. than to just get it done right the first time. There is a huge value in getting it done right the first time because ultimately that saves everyone's time. And And ultimately saves their
0: money. Right. Saves time, saves money, saves aggravation. I'm kind of in in the same boat. I mean, I have uh, three different companies that support my business. When I tell people what I pay these organizations, they say, oh, Adam, don't you understand leverage? I mean, do you not realize that you could get that same support for $10 an hour? And I say, yeah, and for the amount of money I pay – I never have to ask how things are going. I never have to check in with them. I never have to deal with somebody who's strictly reactive. What I get is stuff done that I don't even have to think about or even have to look at, but they know when to ask me the questions they need to ask. And I have – and I pay for people who drive me, who find opportunities in my business that can help them move the business forward and bring them to my attention. You don't get that for $10 an hour. It,
1: exactly. That's what I
0: pay for. So, so exactly. I, yeah. A lot of
1: times they're paying for peace of mind to know that it's just done right the first time, and it's saving them time and money.
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah. because uh, two of my uh, virtual assistants, they send me their timesheets every month to show how they use the 10 hours that I paid for or what have you. And I know that one or both of them are probably listening to this right now because I know they're both fans of the Business Creators radio show. And I'm going to reveal something they probably already know. Sometimes I read the timesheets and sometimes I don't. If I'm reading it, it's only because I'm just trying to better understand how much time this stuff takes so that I can do budgeting going forward. Uh, Unless something's really seeming silly, which it never does, I'm not really going to question it one bit because I feel that I'm getting my full value. I'm not going to question anything that I see on those timesheets until I start not feeling I get the value.
1: Right, and so you're really looking to position the value of the result, because at the end of the day, that is yeah. really what it is that they're looking for.
0: Right, right. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, pull up and say, oh, wait a minute, it took you an hour and a half to manage Facebook fan pages. Well, I looked at the fan pages, and I would think that would only take an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, come on. I mean, who, number one, wants to hear that from a client? And number two, as the client, do you really feel that your business is moving forward when you're getting mired in conversations over 15 minutes?
1: Right. You know, one of the things I also tell my clients when they're marketing, you know, period, but also to high-end buyers is you should charge the most amount of money for the thing that takes you the least amount of time, the thing that's the easiest for you.
0: Develop that one further. I touched on it with the idea of picking up the WordPress website and charging $200 for a five-minute job. Uh, so that would be an example of that. But develop this further, why we should do that.
1: Yeah, so here's, here's an example. It is so easy for me to strategically position people. In fact, I was you know just even the, this afternoon I was talking to someone. Someone introduced me to a potential JV partner, a marketing partner, if you will. And the guy called me, and I sat there for like 20 minutes trying to, he was trying to explain to me what it is that he does. And I, and it sounds very good. And I trusted the source of which it came from. But quite frankly, after 20 minutes, I literally was like, I need you to bottom line this. I really don't understand what it is that you do. You guys have all had that conversation, right? And oh yeah. It, yeah. And, and, and some of us, I'm, you know, it, it, it happens a lot. This is like probably the number one struggle that my clients have that come to me. And really what it is, it's a matter of your positioning and your message. It's how do you communicate what it is that you do in a really succinct way. So after 20 minutes of listening to him, I said, got it. So this is what you really do. I'm like, so I would consider you a blankety blank. And I said, and what you do is you help people that are having this issue solve this issue like this so that, and here's the result. And he was like, yes. I've never heard that explained so clearly before. He's like, and this is the next thing that they always say to me. I've been trying to explain that clearly for however many years. It is super, super easy for me. And it is the thing that I charge the most for because it is the, the thing that people can never do for themselves. And it is the most valuable because once they're able to explain what it is that they do, then everyone can sign up and enroll with them. That's what I'm talking about. Now, it's really easy for me, and just because it can take me 20 to 30 minutes, it could take, and usually does, take other people years and years and years.
0: Right. And think, about and, think about, and we want, we want to talk about time and money, because you help that person explain what they do, Think about how many more sales conversations have led to closes because they could just lay it out just like that. So exactly, they they may have paid you. Um, and I'm going to come out and say this: they paid you to sit on the phone and listen to them and feed it back to them. Now you're thinking. Pretty
1: much. Yeah. Well, it's not even feed it back. It's really position them strategically. But yes, it's basically to be able to help them create a succinct message. That communicates the exact value of what it is that they do in the world.
0: Right. Let me. Let me and that is priceless. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let me clarify my statement further because I realize I probably worded that incorrectly. A skeptic might look at that and say, "Oh, what did Kelly do? She sit, sat there and listened to him talk and then commented on it. Why would I pay for that? I have friends that can do that for free." <laughs> See, that's right. Not, Except for thing.
1: that, their friends can't, or they otherwise would have.
0: Exactly. Exactly. See. See that that that's the thing and when people look and when you don't have you're not dealing with somebody who has the affluent buyer mindset then you start to get into those things well really phone time I should have to pay to be on the phone with you I what are you what are you kidding me No no that's and, where and, sometimes the and, best stuff and and again
1: happens. affluent so that would actually be you know this is something that I want to caution people because I actually see this a lot Okay You. You've got to t- – I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a way to put this in, in a succinct way. You've got to take yourself – if you are not yet – if your bank account says that you are not yet affluent, you have you, – you can still work with affluent clients, but you've got to take yourself out of that mindset. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's like thinking back to your friend that you said switch the, the you know, the WordPress website. That right. may have taken him five minutes. That probably would have taken me four or five hours. Right. Because I have no idea what I'm doing and just the thought of trying to do it, I'd be so scared that I would screw it up or I'd <laughs> lose my website or, you know, whatever right. else. So it's it's really not about the time. And when you're marketing to people, you have to stop marketing to people in the way that you make buying decisions. It's not about you. So just because you may not sit on the phone with someone, and pay that amount of money. Or just because you might not invest in something like that doesn't mean your client won't.
0: Oh, this is solid gold right here. So what you're saying is stop projecting your own yes. reactions to the things onto your client. So just because yes. you would hack through your WordPress website yourself doesn't mean your client would.
1: No, in fact, yeah, exactly. So stop making buying decisions for your client unless you are your ideal client, which you probably aren't.
0: I don't know anybody who's their own ideal client. I've never seen that. Right, anyone.
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: So, so, for everybody listening, you're off the hook. It's perfectly okay. Now, uh, now another thing that we want to talk about here is uh, how can collaboration help entrepreneurs who want to attract and retain affluent clients?
1: So, collaboration in all business is key. I mean, you know, this is something that I have that not only am I going towards, but this is something that my ideal clients, um, that I have my clients going towards in leaps and bounds. You know, I, I'm a big believer in, in a, few, a few different things, in, in principles of successful business. Okay, One of them I just shared, which is, um, you know, to, to really know the value of what it is that you do. A, another one is that, you and you guys have heard this before, your network – is your net worth. I've heard that. I have done, let me just tell you as an example, what my schedule has looked like this week, just to be, to, to give you guys an idea. Right. Um, Mondays. I actually don't work. Um, I tend to work Saturdays because I like to have that quiet time to write. Um, and also my, my sweetie is off on Mondays, So I take Mondays off to be, to be with him. So I don't work on Mondays. Um, This week, particularly, Tuesday and Wednesday, all I've done all day is work on building my network. I have spoken to a ton of potential partners. I have spoken to my clients who refer me business, um, not about serving them in the business, but about literally talking to them about how we can partner. And then I had a call with my coach on how to further my partner relations program as well as I'm doing two interviews today. That's what all that's happening for me Wednesday and Thursday, or excuse me, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Thursday and, and Friday, I'm actually meeting with my live mastermind that I serve to do live networking with them. So your network is your net worth. The ability for you to gain success is directly proportional to the cohesion of your network. Because you have access to so many other people than you, you do just by yourself. So let's just say right now my network, let's just pretend because this is not a true number. Let's just, let's just say I have access to 100 people in okay. my network. Well, those people, if they all have access to 100 people in their network, we just 10 x our network. Does that yeah. make sense? Uh, yes. And so all you need to be doing in business is really focusing on building relationships in your network because that's where all the referrals come from. That's where all the co-marketing partnerships come from. That is where all of the opportunities come from. I mean, Adam, I don't know how you found – how did you find me?
0: Uh, I, I'll tell you the truth, and – this is what it is. I personally didn't find you. I have somebody who manages the Business Creators Radio show for me who finds me all the awesome guests and uh-huh. we have a very high caliber here. In fact, I I wonder how she sometimes pulls all these rabbits out of her hat and you are definitely one of the most prized rabbits, believe me.
1: Oh, I thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And that has to do probably with my my building my online network. So I am a big believer in collaboration. I also am a big believer that two minds are greater than one. I'm not great at everything. I am really brilliant at branding to build a marketing platform that attracts high-end clients. I love to partner with people who are way better at the other stuff than I am. Right. So – Two minds are always better than one. It's the same thing that happened today when I was talking to that gentleman. He called me and I ended up feeding back to him his positioning statement. You can always you know, so I am a big believer in collaboration. I'm a big believer in utilizing other people's networks to to reach your your high-end clients or your ideal clients.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. And I and I certainly agree with that because going along with this, I know that and I and I see this all the time, and I want to get your thoughts on this because it's kind of related. I have uh, somebody I work with that's one of my own contractors and also a friend of mine who has a a business that she brands as being basically a one-stop shop. And I was so fortunate to have her in the audience when I was speaking in an event and have me tell the audience, the last thing you want to work with is a one-stop shop. Boy, did I have to clean that one up afterwards. But my point to her was, is I work with her firm that positions itself that way, and I work with another firm that positions themselves that way, and I hire each of the firms for some of what they do. And the reason I stated that I do that is because I like to have more than one organization actively engaged with me because it keeps me from being a prisoner of one person. And just like when people come to hire me and they say we're looking for a one-stop shop, and I say that's the absolutely last thing you could ever possibly want. The reason being is because then you become a prisoner of somebody else's tunnel vision. When I hear this thing about collaboration, I hear the answer to that, which is, When you get collaboration, different points of view, different sets of experiences, it makes your own business that much richer.
1: Absolutely. It makes your own business much richer. It it helps you to reach your other ideal clients. It helps you to get perspective. It helps you to spread the word about what it is that you're up to. Collaboration is where it's at.
0: Right, right. So we have people listening to this right now who have been sitting by their uh, radios, so to speak for about 41 minutes give or take and they're looking at this saying boy I'd like to get some of those affluent clients I'm tired of explaining the difference between $200 and $300 so let's give them some realistic goals what are some realistic goals that entrepreneurs can set in the short term to help them attract affluent clients even if they themselves are not yet affluent or in the per or in a position to hire affluence uh, what can they do right now to start getting more of those affluent clients, even if up until now, they, their primary client they've been bringing on is the person who will debate the difference between $750 and
1: $850. Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that I do with my clients, and I think, you know, it, goals are really dependent upon the person's ability to believe that right. they can achieve them. Right. So one of the things that you know, I've got a program called High End Cash Infusion, where we teach people how to enroll five high end clients very quickly. I believe that's an achievable goal. Right. And we show people exactly how okay. to do that step by step by step. So. Right, end, right, right.
0: So you, go ahead. It's
1: believable. It's it, it doable as long as they believe it's doable.
0: Go on, go on.
1: Well, I mean, that's just like anything, right? I mean, anything that you do, if you believe it, you know, I mean, not to get super cliché, but if you believe it, you can achieve it. Right. You know, if you don't think you can do it, you won't.
0: Right. So to paraphrase Henry Ford, whether you believe you can do it or you don't believe you can do it, you're right.
1: You're right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Right, right. So again, we mentioned earlier that there's an inner game thing going on here. So we're looking at the inner game and we're looking at the belief system and how we can get people to start booking some of these affluent clients, some of these – five-figure clients so it's all about making a move in that direction would you say that's one of the greatest short-term things they can do is to inner game stuff and just start moving that direction just start putting out there that this is the type of client they're looking for so they make their website match that message they make their social media conversation match that message they make their email match that message what you're out there to attract
1: Exactly. They start going after partners and saying, this is the kind of client that I'm looking for, and this is the solution that I have to offer.
0: Right, right, right. And this is something that ties very much into what we teach in the Business Creators Institute here on our end is if you're in a certain type of business right now and you want to move to a different type of business, but you keep getting referrals and you keep getting attention for that thing you used to do that you're trying to get away from, just stop talking about that thing you used to do. Start talking about the new thing. I had uh, – up until 2010, I owned a web development firm. Then we decided we didn't want to be in that anymore. I wanted to move towards helping people with the website conversion side of it. But people kept – I kept getting these referrals showing up on my doorstop that asked how much to put up a squeeze page. So, I didn't answer that question. I started asking questions about, uh, you know, the market, the audience, what's the message, what's the list building goal, and things like that. And so we just transitioned, and then we, then people started to see where our value was. It wasn't about putting up the squeeze page. It was about how do we make this squeeze page convert? How do we make this squeeze page drive opt-ins? How do we get more people attending that webinar live? How do we build list segments for product launches? And suddenly we're not talking about how much do you charge to put up a squeeze page anymore? They're talking about, well, how do you help me build my list? How do you help me launch my product? Just a little subtle change exactly. like that.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. So we're talking about the short term, which is change the inner game and change the language. So what are some of the longer term goals that we can look at in terms of helping people move towards attracting the affluent client?
1: Well, it's really about setting up your marketing strategy to be able to do that. And the, the best way to be able to really enroll high-end buyers is with direct um, personal contact. So it's about building a referral program where you're going to have access to these individuals. It's about putting yourself into the circles where these high-end buyers hang out. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, I, do, um, I, I told you I have, a, I have mastermind groups that come in. We call them our boardroom events where right. they come in and they coach with me for two days live uh, up at Anthem Country Club. And so I've got a boardroom coming in um, this, this Thursday and Friday to come and coach with me. And last time we had it, one of my clients was there, and she said, well, you know, I don't really know what to do. And by the way, th- there's no accident that we're having these boardroom events at my country club, right? Right. No, not because at I all. Want th- we want them to be in that high-end atmosphere. And she said, well, you know, I've got a couple hours into my flight. What do you think I should do? And I said, I think that you should go and, at, you know, at 5 o'clock on a Friday, you should go sit down, order, a, you know, a cup of tea or a glass of wine and go hang out with these high with, – with in the bar. There's going to be a bunch of people coming in from playing golf And they're, you know, in for happy hour. And I think you should go in there and you should mingle. I'll be darned if she didn't leave with a brand new client. Go put yourself in, go put yourself into, start putting yourself into the areas where your ideal high-end buyers hang out. And maybe that's a country club for you. Maybe not. Maybe you like to, to wine taste, join a wine club. Right. Maybe, maybe you like to, um, run, join a runner's club you know, maybe you maybe you like to do business networking. Join a high end business networking club. You know, there's just so many things that you can do, but you need to put yourself into the environment where your high end buyers are hanging out. And you know, it's start funny you relations. mentioned
0: running clubs because mm-hmm. yeah. Funny you mentioned running clubs because one of my best friends from college met his wife in a running club. Uh he had recently moved uh, to the Washington D C area and he was looking to meet new people and he liked to run half marathons, so he figured, what am I gonna do with my spare time? I'm gonna join a running club. And wouldn't you know at the first meeting he shows up to, he meets the woman who becomes his wife and he just had a little beautiful baby girl. I can't wait to meet uh meet her in person. But it's just funny how that works. See for me personally for me personally, it's cigar shops. I don't go to Perfect. bars really, but I like, uh, I enjoy a good cigar, so I'll find a good cigar shop that has a good clientele. And who goes to cigar shops? Entrepreneurs, people who yep. do public speaking, people who are connected to the community, people who know people, because these are circles that tend to be more affluent. Uh, the person sitting next to you in a cigar shop either is or probably knows somebody, or if you just keep showing up to that same one you're going to run into a lot of people who either are that thing you're looking for or know that person you're looking for i mean some of the connections i've made just from going and having a cigar over at the local cigar shop just over the years have been incredible so you think about where are the people you want to associate with hanging out and you go there and i guess what you're saying to us kelly is part of this also becomes kind of a lifestyle thing you just start being around that which you want to attract
1: Absolutely, 100%. And again, it's all about building your network and developing those relationships with the people who have access to your high-end clients.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's very great. So, what you're telling us, Kelly, is we have to start hanging out with broke. We have to stop hanging out with our broke-ass loser friends. Well, I mean, <laughs> look.
1: So, so, so here's so here's the thing. You know. I'm not telling you to stop hanging out with your, your, you know, your friends or your family. All I'm saying is, you're, you know, you are the, your net worth is the sum of the top five people in your network. So who are you hanging out with? You know, I think it's time for you to, to, for people to up level their game and really decide the kind of life that they want. And right. what I know to be true is, I tend to hang out with. A lot of people who are, are very um, interested in giving back to the world, who are very successful, who are very innovative, who are all about playing a bigger game. And that's the kind of environment that I choose to surround myself in. You know, I had had some, you know, friends many years ago that were maybe negative or, you know, you know, tell, you know everything was about how like you can't do this and you have to, you know, you just have to work the job and deal with the cards that have dealt with you, you know, like that uh, whole – it's just – I don't know how that serves anyone. I mean I think you need to think about the people that you're hanging out with and think, really just ultimately think about the kind of life you want to live. Right. And again, it's not all about the money. It's not all about the money. For me, marketing to higher-end buyers is all about giving me more access to live my life from a place of choice.
0: You know, you used a cliche earlier, so I get to use one. And besides, it's my show. It. I can use as many as I want. <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but here's, here's mine. Um, money can't buy you happiness, but it is a lot more comfortable to cry in a Corvette than on the back of a bicycle. There you go. Yeah. Money is something that helps us solve the problems to get in the way of happiness. It helps to facilitate the things that help us toward happiness. If you want to give back to the world, you're going to be doing a lot more giving back when you got money to do it.
1: Yep, I totally agree with that. In fact, a lot of my friends are very, like I've built a village in Africa for the Unstoppable Foundation. A lot of my friends are much, they are very into giving and they are very into charitable foundations. And guess what? They can be.
0: Yeah, and you you know what else is really good about this, too, uh, when you think about it? And I know people that have made statements like this. I don't want to call them out or anything, but people have said this to me uh, who are affluent. And they say, you know what, I don't want to build a village in Africa, and I don't want to go volunteer. And really, I don't want my name all over charitable stuff. But I will gladly give you the money so you can do it.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And, And as I see it, the job is still getting done. Uh, They personally don't want to be all involved in charity, but they're certainly happy to give you the money so you can do it. And when you think about it, that's kind of what we've been talking about this entire interview, which is the affluent buyer is looking for somebody who can do the job for them and can trust that person to do that job well. That's one of the primary keys to your affluent buyer, if I've been hearing you right this whole time. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. So, Kelly, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being with us here today. This has been an experience and an education. You've certainly opened my eyes to some things and given me some fresh perspectives. And I know you have to be off here in about three minutes because I know that other interview you have booked today is right behind mine, so I want to make sure you get there on time. But before we do that, What I want to do is I want to give you the floor for a minute or two, and for those of our listeners that are on the edge of their seat, that have heard you mention a few things you do that are dying to learn more, tell us about it. How can people work with you? How can you serve the world?
1: Sure, absolutely. So all you need to do is go to my website, kellyoneal.com. In fact, I've got a great report on there called 101 Ways to Find Affluent Clients. It's absolutely free, so you can go and jump on there. Um, You know, essentially, I work with clients in three ways. Uh, I've got a program called My High End Cash Infusion um, and I've got a a private business networking club and I do branding with clients. The easiest way to be able to find out how to work with us and or just really get a, a checkup on your business is click on the button that says the invitation and take our 68 point business analysis where we're going to kind of look through your business and then provide you with a complimentary strategy session where we can look over what you have filled in and kind of find out, like, where are you on track in your business and where are you off track in reaching your goals and enrolling those uh, high-end buyers.
0: Wow, that sounds. I might have to do that myself just to check Go it out. Go for it. Uh, it's really valuable. Like Yeah, sounds like a great assessment tool and I think that, uh, you know, regardless of a person's decision to move forward with you now, uh, they'll find that to be a highly beneficial exercise for their own business because they may reveal things in terms of what they need to do. So thank you again for bringing that to our attention. I think that's absolutely awesome. And for those of our listeners, you know, not only are the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I sit next to the audience as a student, no pad in hand, and I think you've filled about a whole page for me.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me here today, and I'm glad that we could cover a little bit of this. There's so much more to share, but I, I really, you know, again, you guys, anyone can market to high-end buyers. I suggest that you learn about it, see if it's right for your business, and just jump right on in.
0: Absolutely. So, everybody, uh, Kelly O'Neill, uh, this has been a fantastic interview. Thanks again. and. My name is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes, both at our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, and at the Business Creators Radio Show channel on iTunes, which are updated weekly, where our guest experts help you win the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.